So here I am in 1969, singing in the world-famous rock band, Robbie Ray and the Jaguars. And we were one of the first bands to be invited to Romania and Bulgaria at that time. We were invited to do a concert tour of Bulgaria and Romania. And 69, that was like it was a police state. It was a godless nation. I wasn't saved. I was just a sex symbol in the 60s. And uh, girls used to scream my name. And I quite, I quite missed that, to be honest with you. But so, I, so, so there we were. I was 19 years of age. I'm 70 this year. And do you know what, though? But you know what, though? I mean, it don't, it's, that's not right. I mean, I'm, I'm 30 years of age with 40 years of experience. That's what I am. So, so I mean, so 69, we're traveling around and uh, we were about to do a, a concert in Sofia in Bulgaria. And in the sound check, our drummer broke his drum skin and we didn't have a replacement. Now, you know, you couldn't get a replacement light bulb uh, in Romania, in Bulgaria at that time. I'd forget a drum skin. So we were panicking, and this young 14-year-old boy had been following us around for like three days. And, and he came on to us, and he said, look, I, I, I love Western music. We are not allowed to have Western music in our nation. So I, I love it, and uh, I'm a musician. So he said, look, let, let me take the, the frame of the drum, and I can like stretch some pigskin over the frame and at least you can have a drum. So we did that, he took it away, we did the gig and it was fabulous. That was 1969. Now forward to 1993, that's, take one, put over two. Anyway, 1993, I'm standing on the platform in my church and I'm about to introduce Casey Treat to preach. And Casey said to me, Ray, I've, I've brought this rock violinist with me. He comes to our church. He's brilliant. And he's from Bulgaria. Would you let him play? So when he said he's from Bulgaria, uh, I did what we call the pastor's waffle. Uh, so Bulgaria story, only story, the drumskin. So I told the story. Then I said, now uh, Georgian is now going to come and play the fiddle. Well, he's just standing there looking at me like this. And I said, and now you are coming to play the fiddle. You know what I mean? He's just standing there. I said, what's up with you? He said, I was the boy that fixed the drum skin. Now I'm like this. He said, your brother, see, we used to, we used to do a rock version of the Lord's Prayer as an uncircumcised Philistine rock band. And what, we weren't saved. My brother used to go on his knees like this. Father! I used to sing, right? Our Father which art in heaven. And we only did it because when he went on his knees, the girls would scream. That's all the reason. He said, every night I saw your brother kneel down and, and pray to God. He said, I'm 14, I'm living in a nation that told us there is no God. So he said, I listened to the words. And he said, and he said, it led me, short, long story short, it led me to seek God. And uh, not so long after that, Jesus transformed my life. 
And now I'm traveling the world telling people that Jesus is the savior of mankind and the fulfillment of the end. Come on, somebody. And I thought to myself, if God can use an uncircumcised Philistine rock band singing the word of God in a communist country to a 14-year-old boy who was told there is no God. If God can use somebody like that, don't you think he can use every single member, person in this building to change their world? But the problem is, is that many Christians have written them themselves off believing that you've given your life to Jesus but it, it, you've messed it up. You terrible person. You've messed it up. And you look in the mirror and you think, my God, God can use everybody else. I started off well. But some of you are, are writing themselves off, believing that you've sabotaged your own destiny. You're not blaming anybody else. You're not blaming circumstances. You're blaming yourself and you're stuck. Listen, God has sent this little hobby from the Shire to tell you that if you were going to go into 2019 with hope and fire in your belly, we have to deal with this, this wonderful truth that God has no plan B. He's only got plan A for your life. Do I have some believers in this house? What he started, he will finish. Hey, hey. Nehemiah is a guy in the Old Testament and the, God, and, the, and, and the call of God come on his life. And, Nehemiah, and God says, Nehemiah, I want you to go back to Jerusalem because the walls around the city have been destroyed. I want you to go back and I want you to rebuild them. So Nehemiah goes back with a call of God on his life. And he surveys the task ahead of him. So he's walking around the walls. He's stepping over the rubble, the charred pieces of wood, the burnt stones. And he's thinking, wow, this is a bit of a job. So... Okay, God, so when am I going to go down to Egypt to get some new granite blocks? When, when am I going to go to Lebanon to get some new cedar trees to, to build the doors and the frames? I'm ready. I don't care how long it takes. I will do this. So just, just tell me where to go to get the material. And God says, Nehemiah, you're walking on it. He says, what? He says, Nehemiah, you're walking on it. Say, what do you mean? And if you read Nehemiah chapter 4, the enemy, the enemy was pointing at Nehemiah and gloating over the fact that it was impossible for him to build, rebuild the walls with the rubbish. And listen to me very carefully. Very often, you will know where Satan fears you. Check out where he's attacking you. Because whatever area in life Satan is attacking you, take it as a compliment. 
because that's where he fears you the most. And Nehemiah started to rebuild the walls with this rubbish and Sanballat and Tobiah, if you're having twins, beautiful names to name your kids, Sanballat and Tobiah, uh, which, is a, which is a type of the devil, they were laughing. They said, will these feeble Jews rebuild the walls? Watch this. Out of the stones that are burnt. So I'm thinking, devil, you just gave yourself away. Because Jesus is building his church with stones that have been burned. Not perfect stones. Not, not perfect people. Oh man, I just love this. Uh, and there's, there's a call going out uh, to pastors all over the world. And they are crying out from Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 5. It's time to gather stones. Huh. Come on, somebody say amen. Satan fears the fact that burnt stones can be recycled. That burnt stones can be used by God to build his church. And that's the reason why many of you have been bludgeoned by condemnation. Because Satan fears the grace of God to recycle your destiny. And the greatest fear the devil has right now is that burnt stones all over this building will suddenly realize I am the material that God's going to use to build the church. Come on, burnt stones. Do I hear an amen here? <laughs> Some of you have been burnt by rejection. Some of you have been burnt by abuse. Some of you have been burnt by disappointment, betrayal. But I know that some of you here this morning have been burnt by failure and you can't forgive yourself. And you honestly believe that you've sabotaged your own destiny because of a bad decision, because of a bad relationship, because of a bad action. Uh, oh, I wish I could go back is the cry in your heart. To unscramble those eggs. Eggs cannot be unscrambled. Oh, I wish I could go back just to try and... If only I had another life. I'm sorry. you got one life to live. This is not a rehearsal. But some of you are beating yourself up at night. Your pillow is wet with tears because... And, and on top of that... Uh, Sanballat and Tobiah are speaking in your head. You, you, you are a burnt stone. Uh, you, you will not be used by God. And you believe the lie. Well, God sent me to tell you, he has no plan B for your life. It's always plan A. It always will be plan A. I love it. Do you know Jesus is the cornerstone? And he was burnt. He was burnt by rejection. A man of sorrows. He was, I love what Peter said. Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. I don't know if the verse will come up on the screen. My God, is that me? Uh, I look fantastic with the blue. Listen, 1 Peter chapter 2. Are you, are you receiving this this morning? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. Coming to him. Mark said it beautifully this morning. 
I'm so glad we are not coming to religion. We're not coming to some Pharisee. We're not, we're not coming to some pointing finger. We are coming to Him. Coming to Him as a living stone. Watch this. Rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. I would rather be rejected by men and chosen by God than chosen by men and rejected by God. And I don't care how burnt you are, I declare to you that you are chosen and you are precious by God himself. And it says you also as living stones, watch this. Yeah, living, burnt stones, but alive. Living stones are being built up into a spiritual house. We are the only material God has to build this house. Which the builder, the stone which the builder rejected has become. <laughs> Sorry, I'm way ahead of myself. I'm laughing at my own jokes. It's sad, I know, but you know what? Has become. I want to tell you something. There is an ongoing process in our lives. I am not what I am, but I'm getting there by the grace I am becoming. God is changing me and molding me. Come on, somebody. He's never given up on me. And I love Peter. Peter wrote, wrote those words with such conviction. If ever you want to look at a burnt stone, look at Peter. His name was Rockstone. I mean, look at Peter. My God. Do you know when I look at Peter, I'm incredibly encouraged. I mean, he missed. I mean, he, he failed to recognize Jesus' mission. He, he, he failed to trust Jesus to stay afloat. He failed to stay committed in the face of persecution. He couldn't keep his mouth shut. He couldn't control his emotions. Who was the only one with a sword in the Garden of Gethsemane, when they came to arrest Jesus. Who's the only one? Peter. Always trying to impress Jesus. <laughs> A thousand armed Roman soldiers were coming to arrest Jesus. Who was the only one that says, I'll take you all on? It was Peter. God bless Peter for having a go. I'm sure, I'm sure Jesus saw, you know, that's why, you know, he looked at Peter and said, you plonker, but I love you. I love your spirit. Come on. He's like painted his face, brave heart, here he was. A thousand soldiers. And he's got, and he's thinking in his head, oh, I bet Jesus is impressed with this. Look at all the other cowards over there, but I'm going to, the only, and he's going, he's fighting, he's fighting, and he chops a guy's ear off. The high priest's servant. So he wasn't going for his ear. He was going for his head. He didn't say, excuse me, could you just tilt your head a bit like this so I could cut your ear off? He was going for his flipping head. So now watch this. Uh, God really spoke to me from this. So the guy's ear was on the floor. And Peter going, huh? So, so Jesus, he's expecting Jesus to say, come on, Peter. The only one with me is you, man. Look at all the other cowards. So Jesus says, Peter, put your sword away. What? 
She puts her. I can see him. Now, I, you know, why didn't Jesus ask Peter to put the ear back? He did it. He caused the mess. He hurt the man. Because Peter probably would have made it worse. You want your ear? You want your ear? There it is right there. Now, Peter was still angry, okay? Now he was upset because Jesus was upset with him. So he's in the right mess. This is one of the pillars that Jesus built the church on. What are you mourning about? Why are you beating yourself up? So there's Peter now. You know, you see, and do you know what the Lord said to me? That, you know, there's somebody here. And you're beating yourself up because you've hurt someone. You don't deny it, but you can't put it right. The words have been spoken. You wish you could get them back. So you think, oh man, I've sabotaged, that's horrible. I mean, and, and if you went to put it right, then it would get worse. So you're in a catch-22 situation, and you think, what do I do? I've got a word from God for you, because I've hurt a lot of people. About one or two, not many, uh, because I'm such a nice person. How people cannot think I'm a nice person, I don't know, but there we are. That was a joke, but never mind. So, some of you, some of you are beating yourself up because you've hurt someone. And do you know what? You've hurt someone really close. I don't know who this is for. But you've hurt someone really close to you, can't get over it. You can't put it right. Perhaps they're not speaking to you, haven't been for, for years perhaps. Listen, you know what the Lord said to me? He said, Ray, you know, let put your sword back. Let me heal the people you hurt. Get on your way. Just go and live your life. I love you. If you're going to give Jesus a clap, give him a big clap right here. Give him a big clap. Man, I'm, I'm doing good here. Is this helping anybody here? Let Jesus heal the people that you hurt. And sometimes as a pastor, I've hurt people intentionally. Yes. I've got a little, do you know when I, I, I was pastoring for 25 years. And I said, I, you know, sometimes I say to the people, look, if you've been coming here for three months and you've not been offended yet, come and see me personally, I'll do it. Let's get this done with. I've got a room in the back called, Gro called Groin Ministries International. I'll offend you deeply. We'll get over it and get on with life. Listen, if you are part of this church, please understand you will get hurt. You will get offended. But at the end of the day, let Jesus take care of this thing. Come on, somebody say amen right here. Uh, that was a word for somebody, but my favorite, my favorite burnt stone in the whole of the Bible is Moses. Oh, an absolute choice plonker. Moses, Mo, Mo, Mo. If you're rapping, it's Mo. So Moses, I love Moses. Now watch this. Now, <laughs> <clears throat> I'm only 34, right? So 
So here's Moses, he's 80, okay? Now, God has invested 80 years into this man for one moment. And you can read about this moment when you go home in Exodus chapter 24. Now, 40 years as a prince in Egypt, he tried to, to bring about the will of God in his own strength, messed up, ran for his life, and he's 40 years looking after sheep, okay? 40 years, every day, I failed, I failed, I failed. Uh, God will never use me again. I'm, I'm, I'm a, come on, somebody say amen. So, so here he was, right? Then one day, one day, a normal Thursday morning. It could have been. Some of you may think it was a Saturday, but whatever you want. It, he gets up, Moses gets up on a normal Thursday morning, a normal Thursday morning in a failure's life. And he gets, the sheep are so excited. They love going walkies with Moses. Oh, they were outside the, outside the tent. They could hear him stirring inside. Well, you going to get the walking. I am just trying to make this interesting for you so I could get... You didn't pay to come in here. What do you expect? Anyway, so Moses, we love Moses. So Moses, he gets up. He's 80. And that's a normal day in a failure's life. He gets up, has his breakfast, does his ablutions, and uh, then he washes his hair. And he, No, he didn't have a hairdryer, but he, he stood at the flap of the tent, let the east wind just dry his hair like this. He was ready for another day. The sheep were so excited. I know this is a load of crap, but I'm trying to make it interesting for you. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Anyway, so he comes to the flap of his pen, the tent. He has a good stretch. And, well, he was 80. And, and he goes out, the sheep, he goes for walkies with the sheep. And he comes around, he goes to this mountain and he comes around this rock. He walks around this rock like this. No, no, he, it was this way. He came around a rock like this. And then he saw a bush and the bush began to speak to him. That is not normal. <laughs> you know, we read the Bible and the bush spoke. That's not normal. We read it like it's normal. Can you imagine coming to church this morning and a tree says, hey, fancy having a chat. That's not normal. <laughs> Moses, whoa! Take your shoes off. Oh, put them back on. <laughs> so anyway, so we know the deal, right? So God, watch this. Please, I haven't got time to mess around. So, so now, so God, well, I'm basically saying, so God calls this burnt stone. This guy who'd written himself off. And 80 years God has invested into this man for this moment. He goes back, delivers him, out he comes. He's at the foot of Mount Sinai and God has done all that for this moment. Moses, come up into the mountain. So Moses goes up into the mountain and the Bible says that he walks into a cloud, uh, the, pre the actual presence of God. And he's there 40 days and 40 nights, no need for food or drink. 
supernatural. This is the conference of all conferences. God was the preacher, the worship leader, took up the offering, and Moses was the only delegate. Come on, man. Nobody's been to a conference like that. So God has invested 80 years, 40 days in the actual presence of God to hand him something Indiana Jones would die for. The original, unique, one and only tablets of stone written by the finger of God. Watch this. Entrusted to a well-prepared leader. Surely they would be safe. <laughs> you know where I'm going. You know exactly where I'm going here. So Moses comes down, the man of God with the power for the hour. Puff daddy, bling, bling, everything's going on. He's coming down, Joshua's with him. And they come down and, and, and the people thought that Moses had gone somewhere, left them, they'd made a golden calf and they started worshiping this golden calf and they were dancing around this golden calf and Joshua says to Moses, hey Moses, there's a sound of dancing uh, and, and uh, Moses, there's a sound of, this. they're singing, they're singing and dancing to Abba hits around this, this, this not right. And watch this. So Moses' anger became hot. Moses, cool it now. Remember what you're carrying, okay? Now God has spent 80 years and 40 days in the presence. And it, now Moses' anger became hot. And he cast the tablets of stone out of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. You plonker, Moses. However justified Moses was, in one moment of undisciplined emotion, he broke something entrusted to him by God. Christianity would be easy if it wasn't for our humanity. You are not perfect. <laughs> if you haven't failed, wait till tomorrow. I was so encouraged. I've broken the Ten Commandments, but not all of them at the same time. Come on, somebody. Stop beating yourself up. <clears throat> and some of you, there's a cry going up from burnt stones here. My God, the mandate on this house. The vision that God has given Mark and Joyce. Do you realize how amazing, how amazing the thing that God is doing amongst you in Berlin? It may take, uh, you know, um, a five foot 60 sex symbol to come and tell you because sometimes you don't realize how wonderfully precious you are to Jesus and, and the mandate you have on this house by the cry going up from burnt stones, how could I mess up? How could I break something God entrusted to me after all he's invested in me? I've blown plan A. I've sabotaged my destiny because of one moment of undisciplined emotion. And some of you are saying I've become unusable. Well, let me tell you something. God recycles des destinies. And, this, and the second lesson I learned, I'll finish with this, 
is that most in this story, this incident, Christianity uh, would be impossible if it wasn't for the mercy of God. Oh, man. Moses broke the first set. So he's thinking, okay, it's probably Joshua's turn now. So God says, Moses, I want to see you back up the mountain. Oh, God. He lays him. <laughs> he said, before you come back at the mountain, I want you to cut two stone tablets. I cut the first ones. You cut in the second ones. You know what I'm saying? You see, watch. There are consequences for bad decisions. But watch this. Never confuse the law of consequence with the judgment of God. See, the devil's convinced you you are under the judgment of God. No, you're just suffering the consequences of something. So he cuts the... He comes down like Puff Daddy. He goes up like Mickey Mouse now. He's going back up. He's been humbled a little bit. Do you know what I mean? He's learned. So he's in the presence of God with the two stone tablets waiting for the, the laser zap. I'm a failure. But this is what God does to burn stones. You see, I'm going to read you the scripture in Exodus chapter 34, verse 1. And the Lord said to Moses, cut two tablets of stone like the, like the first ones. Watch. And I will write on these tablets the words that were on the first tablets which you broke. In other words, Moses, it's still plan A, Joe. I am going to write the same words on the second set. You broke them. You were irresponsible. Yeah, you did fail. But because of my mercy, it's still plan A. For you, it may be the 20th set. But you know what God says to you? Back up a mountain. Not for judgment. I just want you to come back into my presence. I just want you to come back into my presence. That's what many of you are going to do. You're just going to come back into his presence. And do you know what God's going to do? It's still plan A. See, the Holy Ghost is like our GPS, isn't he? The most gracious woman I've ever heard is the one on the GPS. I'm traveling in my car. I got the GPS. Turn left in 100 yards. No! That's not the way I'm going this way. I end up lost. What does she do? She doesn't say, you idiot! No. She says, Turn around when possible. So gracious. I've, I'm thinking, you know what? The Holy Spirit is your GPS. And you've made so many bad turns. You've made so many detours. He's here today to say, come back up the mountain. Come stand in my presence. And this is what God says to Moses. Exodus 34, verse 5 and 6. Now the Lord descended in a cloud. Can you see those words there? There they are. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there, not against him there. The Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. Hey, isn't that beautiful? So where are you, Burnstones? Everyone is needed here. 
to fulfill the mandate on this house. What you are seeing right now is only a seed. It's only a seed. Yeah, you had the abortion. Yeah, you went through the divorce. Yeah, you fell into sexual sin. But you still love Jesus. Your heart is still towards him. And you still want to be used by God. But you believe, listen, if I went by that mentality, I'd be on plan Z, third alphabet. Holy Spirit, watch over this word now. I'm just going to make a very simple appeal. Very simple appeal. The Holy Spirit is asking burnt stones simply one thing. Come back up the mountain. God says, come into my presence just one more time. And let me rewrite plan A.